The next uh, topic that the Khazari is going to address. Once again, we hear Rabbi Yudha the author, talking through the mouth of the Chacham. Because this was something which, in his time, was already a very big Machlokas Rishonim. One of the most famous Machlokas Rishonim at the time, between the Balamar and the Ramban. And uh, he's going to take a side in the Machlokas. And it's very practical Machlokas, which is the gay until today. And that is the question of the international dateline. Why is this a question? So as he's going to tell us himself, we're going to see inside Barichus that it's obvious that time has to have a starting point and a finishing point. Right? There has to be a time when the day starts and the day finishes. Even though slightly east of whatever the time is will be one day, slightly west will be the previous day. But lo yimalet, there has to be a starting point. So the question is, as far as halakha goes, what's considered the starting point of the dateline? Now even let's first talk about how the world works. The international dateline, which is basically the world works with today, is developed for convenience. Because you want a place which isn't crossing a country, so you don't have half the country one day and another half the country the other day. And therefore, they look for a place where they could make the dateline just crossing the sea without uh, interfering with any countries. That's where they have the dateline between uh, the west coast of America and the east coast of Asia. And then you have just, uh, even though there's some noted, uh, so to speak, times when the dateline goes out of, so to speak, a straight line to accommodate various islands or even places like New Zealand or Norway. But on the whole, it manages to cross the globe without interfering with too many countries. And therefore, for convenience sake, we say anything east of that is one day, anything west of that is the previous day. But it's understood that that's... Uh, a dateline made out of convenience. If you're going to look for a dateline based on halacha, so what, what halachic determinants do we have for when time is meant to start? What's the, I, I'm just going to analyze Because otherwise, there's always, a, the world is turning. So there's always a place where the sun's setting and the sun's rising. So which day is it? Is it Sunday or is it Shabbos? So there has to be a point where, until now, until Shabbos, now on the other side of this point, it's Sunday. Otherwise, it's going to continue. We're in the circle, we're going to stop the procession and say, this is the one day, this is the other day. When did it start? It's that's the same question. Where do we start? The first day of, of the brew, it was, it, was, it was one day, right? So day one. So if you, that's one way to discuss it, which we're going to talk about. And that was, where was the starting position? Let's say, by Arab, by So where, where was it Arab? Which part of the world? Because it's turning as a circle the whole time. So in, in starting position, Hashem says to the world, what position was this? We didn't even have the sun then, but wherever the light was, what position was the light? Where was light? Where was dark? And obviously that's going to make a difference to us because wherever the, we can start from there, wherever the cutoff point was, that this is where the day began from. You're going to call it that. So that's the first day. When the, when the world's completed a full revolution of the first day everywhere around the planet, then we start the second day. So, there has to be Arab of Hoki. There has to be Arab of even without a sun. There was night and dark. Maybe it was Arab at that time. Maybe the Muslim of splitting the world was only after the sun. The Muslim also not like that. Because I was trying to say that he Arab of Hoki. What's going to count time if you don't have a certain time which is a certain cycle of time? In other words, the Swan says, and the Gans is the same thing, that Yom Echot 
what Hashem created on the first day was time. Which is why you can't count time before that. And what does it mean Hashem creates time? So they say, the God says this. This is something which we think about ourselves. We understand the depth of the logic. What do you say? And that is, you can only measure time if you have something to measure time by. If, like anything, you can only measure it if you have a unit of measurement. So because I have a unit of space, I can measure size. Because I have units of weight, I can measure weight. Because I have units of temperature, I can measure the heat of something. Now, before anything moves in the world, there's no unit of time. If everything is staying still, what are you measuring time by? It's only because there's movement, so now I have a cycle. So now I have a unit to measure time by, a cycle. And the cycle is Yom Belayla, 24 hours. From the point when I have a cycle which repeats itself, the day cycle. Right? So now I can start counting because I have one day, two days, three days. But before there was that cycle, there's no way to count time. What are you counting by? Where's the cutoff point? Where's the start? Where's the end? It's just a continuum. Which is why the Quran says that even though we know there was the concept of things existed before Briya for sure. But we can't give it time because there wasn't a way to measure time. We can only measure time when we have a system to measure time back. And therefore, even if the sun only came onto the scene later on, but there must have been a cycle of time. Because you know, we're saying, what are we counting back? Okay, this is the God in Svar and speaking the Torah. So we understand that there was a cycle of Yom Belayla which began, but the question is, we have an ongoing system. Where did it start from? Well, this is going to make a difference to us, is because wherever the cycle began from, so that's going to be the beginning of the first revolution. And when the world comes back to that point again, then we finish the Yom Echad. Which means, a minute before that, the sun place the world which is just beginning Yom Echad. And after the crash of the point, we're already going to Yom Bess. So where's the point? So, it's very interesting. We're going to see here, first, what we've explained now outside, and we understand well, because, remember, for us, the concept of a, of a, of a spherical world which spins a double portion. You must remember the time of Yudha Levi, it was Bichal not a double portion. On the contrary, as you know, this is the time of the golden age of Spain. A lot of people still believe that the world was two-dimensional, you could fall off the edge. So it's going to take a long time first to explain to us the concept of the world spinning on its axis, and that there's no beginning point and no end point because it goes around the circle. He's going to, for us, it sounds like Baram Trutin, but for, in his day and age, it definitely wasn't. He's going to explain it to us. Then he's going to explain to us now there's a constant concept of sunrise, sunset the whole time, which again, for us, because we know the world circles on itself, on an axis, we take for granted, he has to explain it to us. And then he's going to address the question, so where's the starting point? Okay, so therefore, these are like Thomas, which is, now why did I say this is something which we hear Rabbi Hula Levi talking? Because as we know, this is a very famous machlekes between the Balamar and the Ramban. This, they were the first Rishonim we actually find to walk up to this question and address the question. It was obviously the big topic at the time. We're related at the same time as everybody. What was it? Where, where does time start from? And as we know, this is halakhic implication. Because even if the, like we said, the secular dateline starts with 180 degrees west of Greenwich or east of Greenwich, whatever you're going to call it, but Lamaisa, the halakhic dateline doesn't have to start there, and it's going to make a big difference. When is Shabbos? When is Yom Kippur? When you count through assignment? Where does time finish? Where does time end? Uh, as everybody knows historically, this was the. Uh, dilemma faced by the Mir Yeshiva when they were exiled to Japan just before Yom Kippur. And the question was which day to keep Yom Kippur. And really it was much, they became a machlokas between the Chaznish and the Kuczynski representing the Badats. But Lema'i said it wasn't a new machlokas, it was a machlokas between the Ramban and the Balamor. Exactly the same machlokas. 
and uh, the Nakamin would be Japan. Japan, as well as China, as well as Hong Kong, as well as a number of other places, would fall in between the two, the two stadium in Halakha. Okay, so here we're going to have, it's interesting, the king presenting the way he understood, which is not very different to the way the world thinks today. And then we're going to have the Chacham explained as the Shit of Rabbi Levi, which is interesting to see, it's the Shit of the Baramah. So let's have a look. Then in Hakdama, let's start inside, beholding Maimur Hashani, Oisiotes. And he says like this. Now, what triggered the discussion is because what Kazari has just said was that, like we saw last time, that the Maya de Hashem are taught in Eretz Yisrael. Right, the times which are Shabbos Yom Tov, which are, we said, is Olam Shon and Nefesh, and therefore the, the place that Hashem chose, the people Hashem chose, the time Hashem chose, have to, have to come together to provide the setting for Ruchnings that Hashem chose. So the people are Ka Yisrael, the place of Eretz Yisrael, and the times are whatever, Eidom Ayad Hashem, which Hashem chose for that all to come together. That's the Mitzvah Yedah Regal, where we have everything in the same, all three in the same place. Okay, so based on that, it says, Omer Akuzari, the king tells him, which is pretty much exactly what the world says today. He says, why do you say it started in Eretz Yisrael? The beginning of day starts in China because that's the furthest east in the world. So we start from the most easterly country, going east, and then from the, so to speak, from there we start counting time, which is like I said, okay, maybe they know about Japan then, but that's the same idea as today. The, the logic of where to start the, the date line is the, the furthest east country we can find. It's interesting, in the Buddha Levi's time, they were in Yerbats in China. They call it Sin. They call it Sin, but it's the same place. Right? And then he says the date line starts east of China. So why are you saying a study? Why are you saying a study on Eretz Israel? Okay. So here we go for is the experience. Is having a date line dependent on having a Muna Vashem that there was a creator? No, it has nothing to do with it. For sure there was a creator. But it's, it's a practical consideration. If you don't, if someone believed that the world wasn't created... It doesn't make a difference. Whether it was or it wasn't, the world's spinning on its axis. Right. So we, even if it's just a point of convenience, you have to give a starting point and a finishing point. But if this question, this question is, if it was something for convenience, then it wouldn't be, you wouldn't have a time that it's not starting from right to strong. No, he said that the convenience is that you start from the end of the land mass, so everyone is keep, you don't have in the middle of a place, half people one day, half people the other day. Right. So, out of convenience, that's where it should start. There's no, there's no other metaphysical or spiritual reason why it should start in the east of China. That's just as far as the land mass reaches, you start from there. So now, what's the Chavah going to say to him? So we'll see a number of points. Amr Chavah. So the Chavah argues with him, and he says, V'alai hat-kharat ha-shabas Right. Where did Klai Shal Mitzvah in Shabbos? Either, either in Sinai or in Olosh, one of these places there were Mitzvah in Shabbos. Why? What happened there? So he says, Sheyared Hamon Bait Chila. Others started receiving the Mon. We know that the Mon fell six days a week and the Mon didn't fall in Shabbos. So the Kvias of the day of Shabbos, at least which day it was, we already knew, we first knew in the midbar the day the mountain didn't fall. That that, that sorry. Yeah, he's gonna. He, of course, we know the seven days. But uh, to be kaveh Shabbos as this, like the day the mountain didn't fall, that was the kvias of when the mountain fell. And after the Sinai, when the Kodesh tells us to be shem Shabbos, so then we had to know when Shabbos begins. This isn't his argument. This is just his his introduction. And then he says, 
השבס נכנס אל העמי שבא אליו השמש אחר סיני על הדרגה עד אחר סיני אם השם says to Christ on Har Sinai, let's say tonight, let's say for example start Shabbos. So when it's night time in Har Sinai, everyone starts keeping Shabbos. And now as we go further west, as it gets dark, that becomes Shabbos. So starting from now, this is when Shabbos starts. And now as we go further west, as it gets sunset, this is the sunset of Shabbos. Right? And Shabbos is coming in as we as we go to the west. The Achakach, other Shetachas Laurets, we go around the world. We come back to China on the other side. That's Shomizrachishu. We're going to the east of the world. And if that's the case, the Shitzah of the Kazari, the Yura Levi, V'yikara ha-Shabbos letzin achar Eretz Yisrael v'shmona eser shos. Shabbos starts in China 18 hours after Shabbos starts in Eretz Yisrael. In other words, if Shabbos begins, when Hashem says, now, when it gets dark tonight in the Midbar, this is when Shabbos starts. So from that point on, when as it, as that the sun sets in any given horizon as the world as the world turns, that's when Shabbos starts. How long is it going to take to get to go around the world, the globe, and come back to China and other sides? It's going to take 18 hours, approximately, right? If that's the case, so he says Shabbos starts in China 18 hours after Shabbos started in Israel. Not like I wanted to say that China is a day ahead, on the contrary, it's a day behind. Right? Mifnei. And now he gets the point he wants to say. If you're going to start, this is his logic, we're going to start from the, when does the day begin? It begins in the middle of the world. That's the starting point. Now what does the middle of the world mean? It's, it's, if you think about it, it's a, it's a term which doesn't really make sense because, because it's a circle. Where's the middle of a circle? I'm not talking about the midpoint. I'm talking about around the circumference of the circle. Where's the middle of the circumference? Anywhere it could be. Anyway, it's, 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 a, it's a perfect sphere. There's no middle. So what, what do you mean you talk about Eretz Yisrael being with Emsa Yeshua? What do you mean by that? So what, what, what the, the is going to explain to us, what it means is that's where the things lined up at the beginning. Now, if we're going to talk about when did the day start? So that was the points aligned with uh, starting points, so to speak, that's the middle. It's like, for example, a clock. Right? If you were telling me a clock is a circle, it keeps going around and around. But when it's straight up, that's what it says, the answer. That's the starting point, middle. And from there, it goes around the circle, it comes back to the starting point. And each time it does, it's a complete another revolution. So if you're going to talk about the midpoint in the issue, which means where the, the sun and moon were aligned with where it began, we're talking about Eretz Agav, we work with this. We work with this. For example, when you come to Birka Sachama, right? Birka Sachama is that this, the sun and the other constellations above Eretz Yisrael are in the same position they were by Maestro Bereshis. On the same position they were by Maestro Bereshis. That's why it comes back to the way it was set up here. And that's why the best time of Sacham is Banayt Sacham, when the sun first appears. In other words, the Tchilas Hayoim was when exactly where Hashem put the sun to start the day in the Tchilas of Maestro Bereshis. Because that's where the earth shows Sayyashim. Sorry? What does it mean that it's in the same way it was Maestro Bereshis from Maestro Right. Does that mean that you're standing in Eretz Yisrael and you see that where the sun rises in Eretz Yisrael that day was a shem, where Hashem put the sun to start? And as when, when are we starting from? How do we know that Hashem put it to start in Eretz Yisrael? That's going to tell us. Isn't that like tomorrow where the world started creation from Eretz Yisrael from outside in? There's mechlekes in the world, uh, big mechlekes in the Gemara, uh, three mechlekes. Where did Hashem uh, create the world? Right, and as it starts from the land or from the sea or from the Ebenashtia, that's creation. Now we're talking when the world starts moving. 
So where's the starting point we can't come from? That was before. That was the Bri of Shemayi Baritz. Before Zman. Right. Okay. And he says, So when the sunrise there is Israel, it's in the middle of the night in sin. In other words, I'm sorry, when the sun sets in Israel, it's in the middle of the night in sin, because there's six hours further east of us. The middle of the day in Israel, the sun set in sin. Same idea. If there's six hours, so to speak, east of us, so then when the sun sets there, it's the middle of the day here. When the sun sets here, it's the middle of the night here. But the way I understood it is therefore they 18 hours behind us. So in other words, not like the way we pass them today, not the way we see it today. In other words, right now, if we're holding by, let's say, tonight, we will send it to Israel. Right? So it's really, in other words, tonight, Tuesday night, there's Israel. It's really according to this Cheshman. Again, they're 18 hours behind us. So when sunset here is the middle of the night there, the middle of Monday night there. Not the way we, that the world looks at it, that it's six hours ahead of us, that it's already in the middle of Tuesday night. The way he's looking at it is 18 hours behind us. It's the middle of Monday night still. Right. The concept of which means the Far East, where the land starts, is 18 hours after Israel. And he brings the Gemara for this, and this is why I'm saying it's the shit of the Balamar, because this line in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah is where the Balamar built his whole shit from. And what does the Gemara say in Rosh Hashanah? If Noilat, the new moon of Rosh Hashanah, is before Chatzos, it's Biyodur that you can see it before Shkir Sechama. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? So, the amount of time between Chatzos and Shkir Sechama is six hours, as you know. We're talking about the average day. The, uh, when you have the equinox, it's a 12-hour day, a 12-hour night. So we, the time between midday and sunset is six hours. Okay. Now, the way that most unfortunately explain this Gemara is that the way that maybe step backwards to explain a little bit of basic uh, astronomy, just to understand what the Gemara is talking about in Rosh Hashanah. The Matthias is like this. Rosh Chodesh comes, and maybe I'm studying the obvious, it's just for the sake of clarifying the points we're going to get to next. Rosh Chodesh comes, when the moon and the sun are holding in the same place in relation to the world. And the reason for that is, is because when the, the moon and the sun are apart from each other, so you can see the reflection of the sun and the moon. When the moon and the sun are holding next to each other, so to speak, in the same place, so wherever the sun shining, it's hitting the side of the moon we can't see. And that's okay, so you can't see the moon. So that's, when, that's the end of every month. Now, what happens at the beginning of the month is slowly they start to separate from each other. So they're both going around, so to speak, they're both as the world spins. They're both going across the sky, but at different speeds. At different speeds. The way it works is that the sun moves faster than the moon. And therefore, at, at the beginning of the month, which means when we can't see the moon, they're holding the same place in relation to the world. As the world turns, they're both, they're both going to turn as far as the horizon goes. They both go from the east to the west. But the sun is nakting. The sun goes in front of the moon. So the first time you're going to see the new moon is when the sun's far enough ahead of the moon that you can already see the angle of the sun shining in the moon, which reflects back to us. Which is why, which is why normally, the first time you're going to see the new moon is Bashkir. And this is also a principle in the Gemara. And the reason is because the sun and the moon are still very close to each other. So after the sun sets, the moon sets. So you're not going to see either of them anymore. 
When they're too close to each other, you can't see anything. But as they separate, they're following each other. So as they separate, there'll be a time when the moon's enough behind the sun that you can see the moon and not the sun. In other words, you can see the reflection, which normally is just before Shkir. Normally just before Shkir. Now, as they move, as they, we go through the month, so like again, the sun moves past the moon, so the moon gradually, the distance between the sun and the moon gets bigger and bigger, which means you can see more and more of the moon, of the moon because the angle between them is getting wider as they separate from each other. It comes in the middle of the month, on opposite sides of the sky, which means sunrise is moonset, sunset is moonrise, the exactly opposite sides of the world, which means you're going to see the whole moon because the reflection of the sun is, lot, is opposite across the world, so you can see the, the, whole, the whole moon. As we get closer to the end of the month, so again, they're going to start meeting up again, we get closer and closer and closer, which is why in the second half of the month, the moon rises later and later in the night. It's getting closer and closer to sunrise. And then we come back to the beginning of the month, where the sun and the moon are lined up, which means sunrise and moonrise are exactly the same place. And then you can't see the moon anymore. And that's what goes around the second time until eventually it separates, and then you have sunset, moonset, and then separate until mid-month, and the end of the month. That's the cycle of how the Rosh is work. Okay, it's a little bit more complicated than that because it depends on summer and winter, but that's the basic idea. Again, in the, in the average month of Nisan and Tishrei, when the moon's days and nights are equal, that's the system. How the two go together and how they separate and how they come together again. Okay, now what the Gemara says is like this. The Gemara says, how much time is it going to take from the point where the sun and the moon are lined up equal to each other so you have enough of a distance between them that you can see the moon? How, many, how does it take so the sun gets enough of a gain, so to speak, ahead of the moon that you can see the moon already. And this is what Rashi and the Ramban and the Rambam explain this tomorrow. And then it takes six hours. It takes six hours. And therefore, if you're going to ask the question as a based in, will it be possible to see the moon today? Before Shkir. Will it be possible to see the moon today? We can work it out. Why? What's the Cheshman? Because if we know when the night when the is, when the starting point is, when the moon and sun are lined up equally, then we know you're not going to be able to see the moon for the next six hours. It's too close to the sun. It takes six hours for them to separate enough that it's trying to see the moon. So if the moira is before Chatzos, it would be possible to see the moon before Shkir. There's enough distance between them now that it would be shy. So if the Adam would come and, come and tell us we saw the moon before Shkir, we believe them. It's a possibility. But if the moira is after Chatzos, which means until Shkir is less than six hours, then it's impossible. There's no way I'm going to see the moon. It's not visible. It also means it won't be visible until tomorrow. And the reason for that cheshpin is, is because the moon's going to set also. And it sets too close to the sun. So you're not going to see the difference between them until tomorrow morning when they're already another 12 hours late. Now there's more of a distance between them and the moon will rise after the sun so then you'll be able to see them. Okay, that's, that's, that's the way that Aksad Moshe Shonin explains what this Gemara means. It's a cheshman for Beistin to understand um, is when the Adam come and tell us we saw the new moon, so we want to know are they telling the truth? Is it possible what they're saying is true? We can work it out. When was the Moedat? When was the Moedat? And based when the Moedat work was then we can work out if it's within six hours, then what they, it, could be, it could be what they're saying is true, because it would, it would be potentially possible to see the moon that day still. If it's after Chatzos, then it's impossible. How do they know when the moon The moon is mathematics. Every month is exactly enough. 29 days, and this many hours, this amount of Chalakim after the previous one, just add it up. It's like where we work out the moon, we pronounce in Shul every month. It's just adding numbers. Right, so we can work out the mathematics of when the moon is going to be, and now we can work out. Will the alien will possibly see the moon that day or not? Okay. The Banamar is different shot in this Gemara. And from this he built his whole shit in how the timeline works. And it seems like even the Guzari, the Chachum, the Guzari doesn't go into as much detail as the Banamar does. But from the way he understood this Gemara, it seems like he's going to this Banamar. 
And the Shiz Valamar is like this. Like we said before, the amount of time between Eretz um, Yisrael in China is in six hours. He doesn't call it China, but we call it Saifa Yishuv, the end of the continent. But it's the same thing. The, the time from Eretz Yisrael to the end of the continent in the amount of time that it takes the solar words to travel six hours. So the way he explains it more like this. If the night the, is the, the, the of the moon, the new moon starts before Chatzos, there, in Eretz Yisrael, it will be visible before Shkir. Because when you're interested in what we're interested in being Kaveh the Chodesh, when based in Israel, we have to be Kaveh the Chodesh. So we're interested in when it's going to when it's trying to be seen here. And therefore, it will take six hours to travel from the Noyad point until it gets to the sky where it's Israel. And if we that Cheshpun, it will be Shaykh that to be Kaveh the Chodesh here. Right. Bakavanihi. What does he want? This is where Maramor explains it. It's not talking about the amount of time which has to elapse between them. It's talking about the distance of six hours. That's the Makkah which the Torah is interested in. And therefore, if you're going to be a Kaverish, Kaverish is going to be based on Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, what the Gemara means is that, like the, and the, what the Gemara says, elaborates there, it says, the Bnei Bavu, right? They'd see the moon before the sun, but Eretz Yisrael would see the sun before the moon. And the Maramor makes this question. What the Gemara wants is to tell you that the amount of distance from the Sefer Yishev to Eretz Yisrael is six hours, and therefore, with, when the Moed are there, that night will already be the next day in Eretz Yisrael. So, the, 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 so then the day will start with that Shkia, when you can already be Kaverish Chodesh that day. And if that's the case, it's going to take a whole day, or a whole 18 hours, until Eretz Chodesh will start where the Moed was. And that's what the Gemara says, is Yom Belayim in Chodesh. That's what the Bible is going to explain. It's a day and a night in between Rosh Chodesh. He means a day and a night is the amount of time that it's going to take until it begins Rosh Chodesh after, this, after the Noyed in that place. And therefore, since it's done in Eretz Yisrael, and Eretz Yisrael, uh, the, the moon will be there before Shkir, so that night will be Rosh Chodesh in Eretz Yisrael. So that's the case. And 18 hours late, Yom Belayim in Chodesh is going to start Rosh Chodesh in the Far East, in the city. Okay, so what does he want? He's the Chachim. The same thing. The starting point of time is Eretz Yisrael. The starting point of time is Eretz Yisrael. Now, this we don't have time to go into kind of now. We'll kind of tomorrow. But there's a very interesting question here, and that is, it's not that simple. If it's someplace in the middle of the ocean, it doesn't really make a difference to us. But if the, the date land is in Eretz Yisrael, the next question we're going to have to ask is, when Eretz Yisrael? Because even in Eretz Yisrael, there's a system. The sun keeps moving. So we're coming at an unbelievable thing. If just let's say for argument's sake. The daytime is going to be in Yerushalayim. It means if you're in Yericho, you're a day behind. Right? Because here's where the day started. So you're 24 hours, or 23 hours and 55 minutes behind. So when Eretz Yisrael are you going to make the dateline? Right? It doesn't make sense that within the same country, within the same place, you can cross a dateline and end up in Eretz Yisrael on two different days. Which is, again, that's exactly the reason why the world put it in the sea, to avoid this kind of a problem. So in Achanami, let's say Eretz Yisrael is a starting point. That's the Emsa Yeshua, that's where we start from. But where? Where Eretz Yisrael we starting from, and where is it going to be the cutoff point that anything east of this, you're a whole day backwards. So, as we still going to address, I'd better see tomorrow.